Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we've uh, gathered once again, another fun week of podcasting. (laughs) That's what we do. uh, (laughs) uh, Today, we're going to talk about a a topic that uh, apparently is is, uh, well known in the paranormal community, but something that we have never touched on, we've never discussed yet. Uh, We have a a gentleman, an author, uh, Travis Watson, also known as known as W.T. Watson when he's writing his books. Uh, And we're going to talk about phantom black dogs, walkers of the liminal way. And I actually have a a black dog or a phantom black dog story to tell. It's not my own story, but it is from uh, our neck of the woods. And it is from a place that we have investigated. And uh, I'd like to learn a little bit more. And it seems like Mr. Watson here is uh, going to be our expert for the evening. And uh, Travis, welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me this evening. I'm, I'm really pleased. Now I'm excited because I want to hear your black dog story. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a geek, you know. <laughs> it's like I'm always open. For- you can use it for your second book, maybe. <laughs> Possibly. I've had, be, other, I, I've had one other come in since I, I wrote the book. Oh, very good. Travis, let's let's just jump right into it. What What sure. is with, with this folklore and this paranormal topic of uh, phantom black dogs? Where does it come from? And Just to, to back up a little bit, I, I first got interested in this, uh, in this particular topic, um, coming at it from my other world, which is writing fiction. Um, I have a, a novel out called Hunting the Beast. And in that, in that novel, I was looking for, I wanted a, a main character that was something besides a werewolf or a vampire or, you know, all of the things that people are writing about these days. And um, being a, a paranormal geek, and I, I freely confess to this, I've been reading, uh, reading and researching and, and thinking around in this, in this field for decades. I, I remember that there was this, there were these stories in, uh, in Britain, and I thought it was only in Britain at the time. I come to find out later it was, that wasn't the case, uh, about, these, uh, about these dogs, these phantom black dogs that appeared, this apparition that appeared along roadsides and so forth. So I, I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do a little reading on this. And um, during the course of my research, I, I found a, 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 an incident or a, a, a legend, actually, that uh, recounted a black dog that turned into a human being and then back. And so I had the, uh, I had the hero for my novel. Then. But as I was, was writing the novel, of course, I, I wanted to research more of this uh, phenomena. Um, and I read a lot of the British folklore and so forth. And I was thinking to myself at the time, you know, this would make a terrific book. So when Hunting Beast was published, the, uh, the publishers approached me, Beyond the Fray Publishing approached me and said, would you consider writing a nonfiction follow-up to this? Because this is like a really interesting topic. <laughs> and so I went down the rabbit hole and uh, I discovered that the, the home of Phantom Black Dog stories really is, is the, the British Isles. 
Um, but there are also stories uh, native to Canada, um, to the United States, of course, um, and even south of the border. So um, this phenomena is something that has uh, appeared to people um, for centuries. Um, and it is something that is uh, common to almost all the areas of, of people with European extraction. So uh, when people ask me, so what's a phantom black dog? You start to get into difficulties almost right away. The, the classic phantom black dog, if, if you will, um, is a, uh, an apparition that appears on typically on a roadside. Uh, there are a few stories of them being in forests and so forth, but typically on a roadside. Uh, the comment that people make uh, typically is that these dogs or these apparitions are huge. People in past times related them to calves, um, to the top of a table, that sort of, of size. Um, modern day people who've seen these uh, apparitions have uh, related them to Great Danes, to Mastiffs, to uh, Newfoundland. So if you know anything about those dogs, you know how big they are. Mm -hmm. Also, frequently, um, the dog is characterized by having eyes that are, are uh, the size of saucers. It's a very typical description of the eyes. And those eyes can be different colors. They may be silver, they may be red, they may be green, but they do seem to be self-illuminating. Um, when we have the, the eye phenomenon. The other thing that is, is very common in these stories uh, is that, and, and almost so common that it's a, a requirement, um, is that the dog will appear at someone's side, usually, as I said, along a roadside, and then will disappear um, in some other location. And this is frequently when the individual really realizes that they're having a supernatural or paranormal experiences, because sometimes these dogs look like normal dogs and they think, oh, well, it's a big friendly farm dog, right? Um, and one of two things happens. They try to pet the dog and their hand goes right through it, which cues them in, or the dog follows them along for a period of time and then disappears before their eyes. Um, so you know, that's kind of a, a characteristic phantom black dog story. There are a lot of derivations, and I, I go into that pretty deeply in the book. There's a lot of high strangeness around these guys that uh, really makes the topic even more interesting. Is there anything associated around the dogs? Like, uh, like do people find that it's, it's a death in the family? Um, like, so, you know, like, something happens, something bad happens? Is it, or, or is it just, uh, just a strange... Yeah. occurrence yeah the phantom black dogs um have gotten a bad reputation <laughs> um as being a death port in my research i found that yes there are a certain percentage of people who uh have a black dog sighting and will either die themselves or have a death in their family but there's also a wide swath of stories where there seems to have been no effect at all other than they had this really weird experience and then there are a block of stories where the black dog actually acts as a guardian, um, guardian type spirit. Um, typical story there is, uh, and this is England, young lady walking from one village to the next, walking home typically around dusk or maybe in the night, comes upon a, a, uh, a situation that they feel is threatening. There are ruffians uh, along the roadside. Uh, there's a dark forest that's known for robbers and, and that sort of thing. Um, and about the time that the, this person starts to have this fear response, this huge black dog appears by their side. 
um, and walks with them for a certain distance until they're out of, out of the woods, basically. And there are several stories where these ruffians or robbers are said to have looked at the person and said, and looked at the dog and decided it just wasn't worth the the problem. Um, So definitely a, a, a guardian modality for some of these dogs. I did a kind of an informal survey of, uh, data from Ivan Bunn, who's a, a folklorist in the United, in the United Kingdom. And um, he makes a point of saying, well, that's just not true. The death port thing is just not true. And then when you look at his numbers, approximately 20% of the people who had these experiences either died themselves or had a death in their family. So it is certainly the case that the dog is associated with death. And I, I talk a lot about, uh, I talk a good bit in the book about how um, dogs have been associated with death throughout time, um, going all the way back to Anubis um, in, in the Egyptian mythology and, and moving forward into the Norse and so forth. So it's not always a bad thing to see a black dog, but it just really depends on the circumstances. Is there anything else associated with the, the dogs, like any other sightings, um, like orbs, uh, UFOs, other strange anomalies? <laughs> that question asked, there is actually a section in the book on UFOs and black dogs. Oh. I want to say it's a very tenuous correlation between black dogs and, and unidentified flying objects. Um, uh, and most of the information that we have in that, um, in that matter comes from um, uh, Janet and Colin Board, who are researchers in the United Kingdom, um, who relate a couple of stories where, for instance, uh, a, uh, a woman is, and this is a kind of a combination, it's not really a black dog, it's actually a white dog, but uh, this woman is a previous UFO experiencer. And in fact, the night of this experience was exactly one year um, after she had her, uh, her uh, first experience. Um, she's going to bed, uh, or she's in bed, I think she was in bed, um, and she hears a knock on her door. It's two o'clock in the morning or some, some ungodly hour. She goes downstairs, she opens the door, and there is this huge white dog standing on her doorstep, staring in at her. <laughs> well, she does what most people would do when they saw a large dog standing on her doorstep at two in the morning. She closes the door. She runs back up to, the, uh, runs back up to her bed, and as soon as she gets back into her bedroom, there's a knock on the door again. She goes down. Again, she opens the door. This time, there's nothing there. She goes back up to her bedroom. She's looking out the window down at the front door. And here's a third knock, but there's nothing on her front porch. The only thing that ties this into the UFO phenomena is, first of all, this individual was, was an experiencer. They, they had seen a UFO previously. And secondly, apparently, the night that this happened, there were sightings of unidentified objects all around the area that she was in. And we know from uh, like John Keel and the Mothman prophecies and other, other sources that this kind of poltergeist phenomena is not uncommon to people who've had these UFO experiences. So there's, there's a, a very tenuous connection there. The other story that pops to my mind is one from South Africa. Two gentlemen are driving down the road, and, and I couldn't even begin to pronounce the name of the road, so don't ask. Um, it's, uh, it's in that, um, in that patois of South Africa. It's Dutch. But um, they're driving down the road, and um, 
they see something cross the road and thinking that it's a, a you know some sort of a, an animal that they could hunt, um, they stop. Um, and what they realize is they're facing the stereotypical black dog, large, massive, you know, floppy ears, red eyes, the whole bit. Of course, they get back in their car, very nonchalantly get back in their car and, and start to drive off. And at that point, they're buzzed by a UFO, uh, which comes so close to their vehicle that, uh, you know, they actually break uh, trying to avoid a collision. They believe trying to avoid a collision. This thing flies over their uh, heads two or three times, as I recall the story. And the dog has disappeared, too. I'm a little iffy about the connection here. I mean, the, the one does follow the other almost immediately. So it's, it's very strange. UFOs and black dogs. Now, the anomalous lights, I was talking to a, another researcher recently um, who has uh, experience with black dog stories in uh, the Appalachian area, which is a, an area that I didn't get into too deeply, um, who notes that uh, people in those areas uh, report seeing like these ghost lights or anomalous lights, sometimes in concurrence with black dogs' uh, experiences. I didn't find that in the classic lore, but I certainly don't discount the idea um, that it could happen because uh, there are stories where people see lights and then realize that what they're looking at is the eyes of the dog. Um, but that's really the only connection to Another uh, anomalous event that I found, you know, we don't find black dogs in association with Bigfoot or, uh, you know, any of these uh, other cryptid creatures, um, but there, there's that tenuous connection with the UFOs. Right. Would you say, actually, the cover of the book <laughs> kind of shows it as a, almost an evil-looking creature, but I more or less am getting that they may be possible protector of your soul or, or something along that line. That exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, book covers are book covers. Um, I right. really, I, I love the artwork for this book cover. Um, Doug Hogan did, did the did the cover and he did a, a terrific, he did the cover for my novel too. Did a terrific job with both of them. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the black dog does have that reputation as being a hellhound and all that sort of <laughs> scary stuff, right? But what I found in the lore was that uh, in a lot of instances, these apparitions are not scary at all, really. Um, a lot of people will uh, encounter a black dog and not realize that they've encountered, encountered anything anomalous until it disappears or until they try to touch it. Um, or in some cases until they try to hit it with an umbrella to make it go away. <laughs> There's a great story of a, of a young woman, a dotty young woman who's walking home, uh, again, walking home on a country lane and the black dog appears next to her. She doesn't want this thing to follow her home. So she takes her very stout English umbrella and tries to whack the thing and it goes right through the black dog. Um, Fortunately, these guys don't seem to be vengeful. Um, they don't, you know, people shoot at them and, and uh, you try to hit them with umbrellas and, and other. And there's a great story about a gentleman in Maryland who tries to fight one. And they, if anything, they'll, they either, uh, you know, don't react at all or they're known to become larger um, if, uh, if they're, they're provoked. So <laughs> is there any form of communication that's tried between the uh, the black dogs and and human beings very seldom one of the uh, the, the hallmarks of black dog experience is uh, 
the witness is aware that the dog is aware of them. Uh, I call it the black dog stare. The dog will turn and look at them. Um, but there's not any communication that's going back and forth. It's not like some of your, uh, some of your other apparitional uh, type of entities where people will get telepathic messages or that sort of thing. Didn't encounter that at all in the lore. There are a couple of stories of black dogs actually speaking. But again, uh, like the UFO stories, uh, I have my doubts about whether they were actually seeing a black dog. Um, one, uh, one, they actually identify the being as Bogart, which is actually, a, in English folklore, is a, is a fairy being, um, which can take the form of a black dog. Um, so it could be confused with our, our standard apparition. But, um, you know, this thing actually was taunting a, a nurse on, again, somebody walking home from, from work um, was actually taunting a nurse. Uh, so... I'm not so sure that this is our classic black dog. Um, these guys seem to have uh, to be the strong silent type. Um, they'll appear, um, they'll walk along, they'll run along. Um, nobody's ever outrun a black dog, um, even on a motorcycle. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just not doable. Um, they will follow you for as long as they're going to follow you and at whatever rate you choose to move. If you run, they'll be with you. If you, you know, get, or driving a vehicle or driving a motorcycle or whatever, they'll be with you. Um, but as I, as I said, a lot of times, um, these guys not only will have, a, can sometimes be scary, but they also can sometimes have that guardian aspect to them. So they're not talking to you, but they definitely will uh, give you that impression of watching over you. Um, in some has any has anyone ever thrown a ball for one or tried to scratch its belly? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> uh, I have I have a couple of stories in the book though where somebody has tried to pet one. Um, you know, the, they're walking along the country lane, the, tip, the stereotypical country lane, and they uh, encounter this huge black dog, and they're like, "Oh, look at the nice doggy!" And they go to try to scratch the thing, and their hand goes through it. Now, the funny thing about that, to me, um, this is one of those weird paranormality things, is that they'll go to pet the dog, their hand will go through it, and they'll try again. It's like, <laughs> it's like we see this in, the, in the, uh, the stories where people actually shoot at black dogs. They don't just shoot at them once, and then when they realize that they're not having any effect, stop shooting, they unload the gun. You know, so you know, when you were when you were talking about uh, people trying to kill them or shoot them earlier, uh, one thing that popped into my head was I don't know if you're familiar with the Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're into the paranormal, you should yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. But if you're you've read about the big wolf, right? yeah, if you've read <laughs> the book Hunt for the Skinwalker, uh, the Shermans when they first bought the property, they had a huge black wolf dog uh, approach them. It was very it was very friendly. Uh, they pet it. Uh, mm -hmm. Until it attacked one of their cats. Eat one of their cats. Yes. Yeah. And Mr. Sherman unloaded his gun into mm -hmm. this thing and then went and got his rifle and, sh mm -hmm. and shot it several times and to no effect. Like, Absolutely. It, like it just shrugged it off and then patted away and disappeared. So I, I almost wonder if this was a black dog sighting and they just hadn't really, uh, you know, put the two and two together or even thought about that. Yeah. You're, you're, 
classic black dog typically doesn't um, try to make off with calves. But the interesting thing about the, uh, the Skinwalker Ranch uh, story is that later in the book, um, there's a, a, a story where her name is Sherman, right? Mrs. Sherman mm-hmm. is coming home from work one night and she sees this same huge dire wolf type creature that, that snatched their calf. And in the background is a classic black dog with the glowing eyes. Um, and a lot of people miss that in the book, but there was actually, there's actually a black dog association to Skinwalker Ranch too. Mm-hmm. Amongst all the other weird crap that happened there, there was the black dog. Um, so yeah. Um, it almost seems to me like when, when they, when they followed the initial, uh, the big black wolf that mm-hmm. uh, attacked the calf, uh, they followed its prints for quite a ways. And then they just disappeared, like just yeah. stopped. So it almost seems to me like they travel through portals. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So so yeah. One of the things that I I point out in, in the book is there's very there's very seldom um, physical evidence of a black dog, uh, the the classic phantom black dog. Um, very seldom find tracks, um, or you know, what, mostly what you have happen is people will hear the rustling of a hedge. And then they'll see a black dog. They'll hear a sound. They'll see a black dog. It's not to say that the black dog doesn't have a physical effect on its environment. Um, there are a couple of guardian stories where um, the uh, the black dog actually uh, there people are lost in the fog um, on a mountainside. Uh, a dog appears and and blocks them from uh, proceeding. And when the mist clears, they discover that this black dog stopped them from walking off a cliff. Um, there's also a story where a fellow was lost in the mist and a dog came up next to him. He thought it was his dog. He thought it was his sheep dog, right? So, you know, he kind of grabs hold of the rough of this dog and, and uh, tells it to take him home. And it takes him back to the house and he, he stops and opens the door to let his dog in. He turns around and finds that he's looking at a, you know, classic phantom black dog that actually guided him back to his home. Um, so these dogs can have a physical effect on their environment. Um, the difference that I saw between a classic phantom black dog and, and the wolf thing in, um, in Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch was... Uh, this thing seemed to have a much more physical presence in, uh, in our world, um, you know, such that it could actually grab this calf and start to, to drag it off. And, uh, and, you know, Sherman reports shooting the thing, knowing that he hit it and uh, it having no effect. Um, whereas in the stories with the classic black dogs, I'll, I'll just call them classic black dogs. Um, when somebody fires at one of these creatures, it just goes right through there. There's no indication that it hit anything. It just goes straight through the, the animal and into the dirt, uh, next to them. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's, I believe that the paranormal, if we can use that word in a kind of a generality, it is evolving. And so it's possible that these huge black, or dark colored wolf-like creatures that appear in places like Skinwalker Ranch or the next iteration of black dogs. 
I don't know. But we're still having black dog, the more classic black dog experiences being reported to this day. So um, I don't know, how, you know, how that evolution works. <laughs> Have you found any uh, commonalities as far as the, uh, um, the stories that you've heard from different people? Uh, anything common as far as the maybe the time of year or a certain time of day, et cetera? The, the commonalities that I found have more to do with um, location. Okay. Now, um, as far as time of day, your classic black dog experience almost always happens at dusk or, or in the night. Um, there are a couple of black dog stories that take place during the daytime, but they're they're outliers. Um, they, they're pretty rare. Um, one of the things that we do notice though, um, over and over and over, almost to the point of, uh, you know, if, if you don't have this, this particular feature, then it's not a black dog story. Black dogs love paths of human travel for some reason, uh, roads, paths, uh, you know, in any place where human beings walk um, it, are, are places where these dogs are liable to appear. Uh, the boards make the case that black dogs actually appear along uh, what they call straight tracks um, back in, uh, in, in Britain. Uh, some people call them ley lines. Um, they have roads that are actually built along these uh, pathways that lead from one sacred site to another. Um, and there is a strong correlation, according to them, between black dog sightings and these, uh, these straight paths, um, these straight ley lines. Um, may have something to do with that kind of geomantic energy that, uh, that, that runs through these lines. Um, we don't know, of course, all we can do is theorize. Um, there is uh, a lot of talk amongst researchers of black dogs being associated with water as well. And, and I will simply point out that uh, along with Janet and Colin Board, I have to kind of uh, Put that one on the back burner um, because any place in Great Britain, which is where the majority of these stories come from, is going to be fairly close to water <laughs> unless they're having a drought. When you follow the stories into the United States and Canada and to the, uh, the area south of the U.S. border, um, you come to a place where uh, you don't see that strong correlation with water. Um, so I'm going to leave that one up in the air. Uh, there certainly are a number of stories of black dogs appearing along riverbanks uh, and, and scaring the jeebies out of somebody. There was an Irish fellow who was out fishing one day, <laughs> heard this splish, splash, splish, splash, splish in the water and looked up and there was this huge black dog coming toward him. He ended up a tree for a while. Um, he wasn't having anything to do with that. Uh, so water may or may not be a, a commonality. Uh, one of the very common places for black dogs to be seen is graveyards. Uh, graveyards, cemeteries, any kind of a burial site, um, including ancient cairns. Uh, there's a black dog in, in Great Britain that seems to run a line between uh, some of the, the cairns in one of the counties, which the name slips my mind right now. There's a very, uh, there's a story that I use in the introduction to the book, um, the Black Dog of, of Via Cruces, which is in North Carolina. Um, there have been a couple of sightings, uh, legitimate sightings, and an urban legend that revolve around this, this dog appearing out of the graveyard at uh, uh, the church at the, uh, the crossroads there in, in Via Cruces. 
Um, this is the classic massive, you know, the one, one witness said it was so big they thought it was a bear, um, uh, red-eyed black dog, which brings up another interesting point is black dogs seem to have a kind of a territory. Um, in this particular case, in the Valle Cruces case, the, uh, the individuals who saw this took off in their car, of course, because scared the jeebies out of them. Um, and this thing chased them uh, for a period of time until they crossed a bridge out of, the, out of the area and over running water, which may or may not have something to do with it. Um, black dogs don't seem to be affected by that most of the time, but um, that it took them out of its area and it stopped chasing them and went back to where it was, where it came from. So, um, so, uh, but uh, there are uh, uh, stories of people who've seen black dogs uh, near um, uh, cathedrals um, and who saw black dog running down the, the side of a cathedral and then turn and actually run into the foundation of the building. And one has to think about that for a minute and until one realizes that a lot of famous people were buried in the foundations of these cathedrals in England. So um, there's a police constable, um, Stonehouse, I think his name was, who reported seeing a black dog, which ran through the iron gate of a, uh, of a cemetery and disappeared into somebody's headstone. Um, so as I said, there's there's a very strong correlation between black dogs and and, uh, and burial sites of all kinds. Um, and again, as I said, there's a strong correlation between dogs and death, going all the way back to uh, to Anubis. Um, there was a guard a dog that guarded the underworld in, in Greek mythology, Kerberos. There was one in Norse mythology, Garm. Um, they've been associated. Dogs have been associated with death for centuries. That one, that one doesn't come as a surprise, but those are probably the three most common places you're, you're likely to see a black dog. If, if I wanted to, to go and find one of these critters, I'd probably go to Great Britain and, and hang out next to churchyard and see if I could find, uh, see if I could uh, uh, find myself a black dog there. Has there ever been a time where there's been a sighting of two or more? Very rarely. There is uh, one that pops to mind um, where uh, a couple of, uh, or more than one, it seems like there were a pack, maybe three, um, black dogs that were seen in Palm Springs, California of all places. Um, interestingly, um, this happened during a storm. Um, if you know the desert region, I used to live in Arizona. They have something called the monsoon season, which is kind of funny. Um, it's actually just thunderstorms that, that course through that come up from Baja area. Um, and they last for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and they're done. But um, uh, this fellow uh, went out to uh, check the lock on his, uh, his front gate and make sure his, his home was secure before retiring for the night. Then he heard the sound of running feet and looked up and, and there were three uh, I believe there were three. It seems that there were three of these uh, animals, these apparitions running uh, along the road uh, in front of him. Um, the interesting postscript to that story is that uh, the following day, um, a neighbor uh, reported damage to his car. 
Um, and when the uh, deputies arrived and, and looked at this, they concluded that the damage had been caused by some kind of an animal, but they couldn't figure out what it was. Um, but it had, it had done a pretty thorough job of ripping up the, the fenders and, and so forth on this vehicle. Uh, reminded me a lot of the damage done to a, a car in the skateboard swamp with the, the whole lizard man thing going on back in, in Lyle Blackburn's book, if you've ever read that. Um, but that's the only, uh, only story I can think of where there have been multiple black dogs seen at one time. They generally are a solitary apparition. Um, one dog seen by, you know, frequently just seen by one person, often just a solo person walking along. You do have some people in groups who see them, but uh, it often seems to be a one-to-one -one kind of phenomenon. So I'd like to share uh, the black dog story that I have, and I'll get your take on it. I don't think it'll be, it'll be too crazy. Um, there is a very active farmhouse property, not, not far from where we are right now, uh, that we have investigated several times. Uh, I, don't, I know Rachel hasn't been there. I don't think that Danny has been there. Uh, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to go there twice. Um, they've had poltergeist activity. Um, the beds get unmade. Uh, the first night they they moved in, the front door got kicked in like it like a SWAT team was coming through the door. There was nothing there. The piano plays on its own. All sorts of strange, strange activity. Uh, it's an open concept home, so you, when you're in the the kitchen, you can see right into the the dining room and and the the living room and these people uh it's mom dad and two two kids and the, the kids are adults they're like in their early 20s and the son uh he was home alone one evening and they have two dogs two large dogs and one is a black german shepherd and the other i can't i can't remember what it is but it's a large dog like a, a retriever or something and he was doing dishes in the kitchen and he felt what, you know, what he thought was one of his dogs kind of press against his leg. And he reached down and he touched it and he said he could feel fur and feel heat and everything, kind of gave it a pat. And then he looked up into the living room and his two dogs are laying where they're supposed to be, like in there, you know, by the fireplace or, or wherever. And he looked down and there was nothing there. And then he looked out the window and there was this large black ominous looking dog looking at him. Hmm. And then, and then it ran along the side of the property. Like they're surrounded by farm fields and, and bush and it scared him so bad that he, he jumped in the car. Uh, he, he, he managed to uh, muster up enough courage to leave the house. I don't know why he would uh, jumped in the car and drove down their very lengthy driveway and parked at the end of the driveway waiting for everybody else to come home <laughs> and then he told them about this uh this black dog that just appeared out of nowhere and then disappeared and so it, it's you know and it, it like i said it's a very active location um i don't know if there's ever been any ufo sightings but there's tons of uh, spiritual activity poltergeist activity so yeah it really shook him up. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but he felt so, it. His hand didn't go through it, which was weird. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as I said, sometimes these these uh, these beings can actually physically manifest enough for people to feel them. A couple of questions that that pop into my mind. Um, did he have a um, description of the coat? I think he might have said it was quite shiny. Okay, so kind of a smooth coat. Yeah, he said. I, I don't think it. I'm trying to remember it because it's been a while. Um, like I said, they have a shepherd, a black shepherd, mm -hmm. and they're they're not usually. Uh, they don't usually have really thick fur. The black shepherds. I know there's like several variations of shepherds, and I can't remember what the other dog was. I, I'm not sure. I I just know that he he touched it. He felt it. I guess he he thought it was one of his dogs, so it wasn't too you know it wasn't too different from what he's normally used to petting. Right. So. Uh, I mean that that one has a has the earmarks of a of a you know classic black dog apparition. Um, there is a subset of these critters that actually appear in people's houses. Um, and interestingly, what what I've always found interesting about that is, you know, you would think this is an apparitional being. You know, it's a spiritual being. You know, it would appear. It would you know run through a wall or something and disappear. Right. That almost never happens with indoor uh, indoor sightings. The dog will appear, um, people will see it, or a person will see it, and then it will disappear in the same room. It doesn't seem to move around or, or whatever. Now, what we don't have is a lot of follow-up with people going and looking out their window to see if there's anything out there. Um, I would be interested to know if people had done that, if they would see this, you know, if they would see a black dog out in their, out in their yard. Um, this, the reason I ask about the coat is, um, I know you're probably familiar with the work of Linda Godfrey. Um, and she does uh, a lot of the, the man wolf um, or dog man. I, mm -hmm. I, I hate that word. I, I much prefer man wolf, but um and she know, she's noted that the uh, animal, the creatures, the whatever they are that appear outdoors seem to have a rough coat, whereas the peop the ones that appear indoors tend to be more uh, smooth coated and like uh, people often describe them as looking like Anubis um, standing in their in their in their bedroom. Um, and I found that as I was reading through the uh, the lore for black dogs, that the same kind of thing seems to hold true for uh, black dog apparitions that appear in people's homes, is that these tend to be more smooth-coated animals, whereas the dogs that are seen outside tend to be rough-coated. A lot of pe people will often associate them with like a, an Irish wolfhound or something along that line. It's a shaggy, intense coat. Um, one guy described it, who actually felt one, described it as being like the bristles of a pig. So uh, I guess it just depends on what you have to, to compare it with. Um, I'm interested in this story because, uh, because of the, the physical contact, which is pretty rare, um, and, uh, and then being able to see the dog outside. Uh, and the dog had that regard that I was telling you about, where it's looking at him looking at it. Um, what I call the black dog stare. Mm -hmm. Everybody, almost everybody that encounters these creatures knows that this dog is looking at them. Um, and that's, it's a, it's a hallmark to the, um, uh, to the, to the lore. Um, I'd be interested in knowing where, 
did the did did he manage you know in his terror to to kind of track and see where the dog went? I think it see uh, as near as I can remember, I think that it ran towards the power lines. Okay, uh, which are about a good sixty yards from the home and the bar- and the, the the barn structures. Yeah, and out in the country, what do power lines do? They make a straight track. <laughs> yeah, and they're a huge source of electromagnetic energy. Yeah, so. a lot of a lot of energy, right, for anything yeah, to yeah. Uh, to use. And uh, as far as I can remember, because I've been in the house a few times, uh, the window is right above the sink. So mm. when he was when he was washing the dishes, he reached down, thought he was touching his own dog, looked over, saw his two dogs sleeping in the living room. Then he looked up out the window, and there was this big black dog staring back at him. So, did this guy have the glowing eyes, or was it just really in, intense stare? That I want to say that it had the glowing eyes, and mm. I could I could probably find out, and I could I could let you know. That would be great. I, but I would, uh, I'd love to. to unf- unfortunately, yeah. the uh, the young man. I mean, he's he's in his mid twenties. Uh, he doesn't like to talk about <laughs> all the crazy stuff that happens in the house. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the mom, the mom and dad will will uh, will talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's had some pretty crazy things happen to him, and and he just wants to be rid of all the the odd activity in the mm-hmm. home. Like he's been, he's been, he's been dragged out of his bed. You know, he's, he's been assaulted. All sorts of, all sorts of crazy things. It's a great place to investigate though. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like he needs somebody to come in and negotiate a truce for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Burn the house down. (laughs) I don't think you have to go that far. (laughs) I mean, yeah. It's it's like those memes where you see uh, the spider and it's like, Oh, just burn the house down to get rid of the spider. Right. (laughs) Get rid of the black dog by burning your house. Then. Yes. Travis, uh, do you have a, a Canadian black dog, phantom black dog story for us that you can share oh, with us? Sure. Before? Of course I do. All right. <laughs> There's actually a number of Canadian black dog stories, but um, as you might expect, uh, Nova Scotia is rife with black dog lore. Um, hmm. It's uh, settled by Scots, of course. Um, and so uh, I have to wonder if they didn't bring their their uh, their favorite phantom spirit across the pond with them. Um, there's, as I said, several different black dog stories from Canada, but um, the one that, that springs to my mind, a young man uh, accompanied uh, another gentleman into town and um, this fellow was a drunkard. And... Uh, so this young man uh, went off to do his business and apparently the other fellow ended up in the local pub. And by the time our, uh, our, our, our storyteller got back to the, uh, to the pub to retrieve his, his friend, he was well into his cups. Um, so he's trying to get this fellow home and, uh, his mother is starting to worry because he's very, very late um, and sends the other brother out to look for him. Um, and the other brother comes and, and comes along across them and finds him, you know, trying to keep this fellow on his horse, right? He's just, yeah, he's hammered and he, he's not, uh, uh, not really capable of riding, but they're trying to, to get him home. So between the two of them, 
Um, they manage to get this fellow back to their house. Uh, they decide not to take him home because uh, apparently his, uh, I believe it was his father, had a strong aversion to drink and uh, didn't uh, appreciate his, his son coming home, you know, three sheets to the wind. So they take this fellow up, they put him in a guest room, tuck him in and, you know, uh, leave him to sleep it off. Um, unfortunately, uh, along the way, they had seen a, a phantom black dog uh, kind of uh, pacing them as they were bringing this fellow home. And to their horror, when they go back downstairs, the dog is standing in their kitchen. Um, and they're like, okay, what do we do now? Uh, how do we get this thing to leave the house? And the answer was they couldn't get it to leave the house. It went up the stairs and it was on its way to, uh, seemed to be on its way to the bedroom where this fellow was sleeping, but for some reason couldn't pass the bedroom of uh, their, their kid sister. Um, and nobody could explain why. But this thing went up and down the stairs all night long. Uh, kept the whole house awake and, uh, and then promptly vanished at dawn. Um, they got this old boy up and, you know, he did sobered up some and they told him the story. And the postscript to the story is that he never had another drink after that <laughs> because he was convinced that that dog was coming for his soul. And, uh, you know, it would have gotten it because he was drunk as a Lord that night. Um, so he, he gave up uh, alcohol and apparently turned over a new leaf and went on to lead a productive life after, after his black dog encounter, which he I doesn't thought, remember. <laughs> I, I thought it would have made him drink even more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I, uh, given the, depending on the circumstances, uh, you know, if, if I saw one of the scary black dog apparitions, I might be inclined to take a, a little tip myself. But mm -hmm. Um, as I said, sometimes these guys are, are looking out for you. So probably don't have time to tell that story. So Next time. We'll have you on another time. Well, I have another book coming out. So. Oh, well, I was just about to get to that. Uh, you go by W.T. Watson on your books. Mm -hmm. uh, where can people find your work and how could they contact you if they have a, a Phantom Black Dog story they'd like to share? Yeah, there are uh, the books are available on Amazon. Um, Beyond Frey does them on, uh, I guess, KDP. And so there's a paperback and a Kindle version available. Um, as, as far as getting hold of me, I'm on all the social media uh, things. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and um, uh, the other one, Twitter. Um, and I sent you the links for that, I believe. Um, so if, if you have them, if you need them, let me know. I, I'll be happy to send them again. Um, but that's that's really the easiest way to get hold of me. Um, I don't have like a you know big investigator website or anything like that. Right. And what's what's your next book? So as I was doing the research for uh, the Phantom Black Dog book, um, I came across a couple of stories. The one I mentioned where the fellow was lost in the fog and uh, the black dog appears and, and uh, prevents him from going over a cliff. Uh, another one where black dog comes out of the fog and, and guides the fellow home. Um, and I, was, I, I got to thinking to myself, wondering if there was some kind of a... Uh, a correlation between fog, mist, cloud-like structures, and paranormal phenomena. And so I thought, well, you know, when I get done with this book, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little research and see what happens, right? 
Well, 64,000 and some words later, um, and a bibliography that's as long as my arm, and my arms are very long. We're, the, the book is called Mysteries in the Mist, um, and it is all about the correlation between uh, paranormal phenomena and fogs, mists, cloud structures, uh, smoke, um, that kind of thing. Um, and it covers, rather than focusing on one topic, the phantom black dog in this case, it focuses on all the topics. Um, I have a section on cryptids, uh, cryptids in the mist, uh, your Sasquatch, your man wolf, your flying things, that sort of thing. Uh, there's a large section on UFOs and their association with mists and clouds. Um, and then there are some really, really interesting stories that I just call mysterious mists, which cover everything from people encountering mist structures that have an apparently anti-gravity effect to people actually disappearing in mists um, or being teleported by them to locations a long way away from where they were, like hundreds of kilometers away from where they started. Um, so there is a lot of ground covered in this particular book. Um, and I think that people who are interested in the paranormal will enjoy it, particularly if you, uh, if you like me, are one of those people who enjoyed the old compendium books, things like, uh, Frank Edwards, Strange World and, and, uh, um, Carl Shooker's The Unexplained and, and other, other books like that, because it, it kind of is in that genre. Uh, lots and lots and lots of stories of, of various types. All right. Travis W.T. Watson. Go find his books on Amazon. Uh, and it is W.T. Uh, yes, on, fa on Facebook and Twitter as well? Or is it just Travis? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I think I'm actually Will Watson on, on Facebook, which is a long story that has to do with something I don't <laughs> want to talk about. Um, WT Watson two on Twitter. And uh, let's see, Instagram is, uh, is an old handle that I reactivated a while back. It's Curunir, C-U-R-U-N-I-R 60. So uh, those are the places you can find me. All righty. Well, we, we will put those links up. And we will uh, post your uh, the Phantom Black Dogs cover, especially on our Facebook and our Instagram as well. All right, sir, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I can't wait to hear about your next book. You know, in detail, we'll have to have you back on. Thanks for being on the Phantom Faction. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.